Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. COVID-19. It came from China. Chinese bio lab. Now you have agencies that are coming forward saying that we do think it came from the lab. Department of Energy, FBI says it came from a lab. And if you put me back in the White House, their reign is over. Former President Trump, he's not going to be the nominee. Richard Alexander Murdoch, guilty verdict. Give us the facts. Be transparent with us. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. It is Monday, March 6th. It is National Oreo Day, National Oreo Cookie Day. It's also National Dentist Day. (laughs) I think the two of them might be in cahoots. What do you think? Have you heard about Hershey's Chocolate? Milton Hershey's got to be rolling over in his grave. Hershey Chocolate, the uh, chocolate company, which I, I love chocolate, but I am going to join in on the ban against Hershey. They have come out, the company has come out, and they're promoting uh, Wim- Women's International Day, which is March the 8th, by releasing limited edition chocolate bars called Her for She. Uh, in other words, this is uh, getting in on the uh, transgender deal. The uh, bar promoted some immediate backlash, especially from the right. An individual who is considered as a, uh, a Canadian, uh, the head of a Canadian consulting firm, Faye Johnstone, a biological male who dresses up as a woman, considers uh, himself a queer, trans, and feminist activist even though he is a she, uh, she is a he. Um, Hershey, Milton Hershey, was the epitome of a good man who gave back to the community. He started an orphanage, which has such a large endowment, it still takes place to this day up in Hershey, Pennsylvania, as a, as a school for troubled kids, uh, orphan kids, as how it started out. But uh, it, it's still in operation to this day. Milton Hershey... Again, he's got to be rolling over in his grave on this. But um, so while while the woke corporations continue to embrace wokeism, I, I guess they think it's actually going to bring more revenue into it. I don't see how it will. Why do you cater to what at the most is probably somewhere around 5%, at the most 5% of the population? Why do you cater to that when, I, I, I'm sorry, I would think, now, I, I'm not saying 95% of the population is anti-trans, but they're certainly not waving the flag for the transgender issues. And they certainly see the shortcomings of the radical trans ideology. And if you see this individual, this Faye Johnstone, as he's dressed up as a woman with a ring in his nose, just not a pretty sight. Does does zero to make me want to go out and support this company. Now, Hershey is a big company, and I, I know they could care less what Tom Lamprecht thinks about their her for she agenda. But I, I think there's a lot more people in my camp than Hershey would like to acknowledge. And it's not like there's only one choice in chocolate. <laughs> I just, I, I don't get it. I do not get go woke, go broke. 
WITN News is reporting four U.S. citizens have been kidnapped after gunmen opened fire on their vehicle in northern Mexico in Matamoros. This from the FBI. The four had entered from Brownsville, Texas on Friday. They were traveling in a white minivan with North Carolina license plates. The FBI San Antonio Division office said in a statement Sunday that the vehicle came under fire shortly after it entered Mexico. All four Americans were placed in a vehicle taken from the scene by armed men. The FBI is offering a $50,000 reward for the return of the victims and the arrest of the culprits. Um, The area is home to warring factions of the Gulf drug cartel and shootouts there on Friday were so bad that the U.S. consulate alerted that there was danger, shelter in place, uh, not clear how the abductions could have been connected to that violence on Friday, but speculations it, it was. Victims of violence in Matamoros and other large border cities often go uncounted because the cartels have a history of taking bodies of their own with them. Local media often avoid reporting such incidents out of safety concerns, creating an information vacuum. Videos posted to social media on Friday showed armed men loading two bodies into a truck in broad daylight. For years, a night out in Matamoros was also a part of a two-nation vacation for spring breakers flocking to Texas's South Padre Island, but increased violence over there over the past 10 to 15 years frightened away much of that business. The FBI said the van and the victims were driving, uh, carried a North Carolina license plates. Authorities provided no other details about who they were, where they were from. Uh, no, no, that's it. But uh, uh, apparently they were North Carolinians. We'll continue to follow that. The North Carolina Supreme Court has reinstated a lower court's order blocking a trial judge from forcing state officials to transfer hundreds of millions of dollars out of the state treasury over the Leandro case. The Leandro uh, case, as you might remember, deals with the state's constitutional obligation to provide North Carolina public school students with access to sound, basic education The state Supreme Court has issued major rulings in the case in 1997, 2004, and 2022. Uh, The Democrat-controlled Supreme Court uh, agreed with a lower court judge who said that there was a a transfer needed to take place of over a billion dollars. An order issued Friday by the Supreme Court uh, was ruled 5-2 with Republican justice supporting the decision. Uh, the order issued Friday restores the North Carolina Court of Appeals writ of prohibition prohibition against the forced money transfer. That writ remains in effect until the state's uh, Supreme Court has a chance to consider arguments from the state controller Nels Roseland. Meanwhile, the court did not allow state legislative leaders to file new briefs related to unresolved Leandro issues, nor did the court grant lawmakers a request to hear the Leandro case again but another new filing in the case could prompt the court to revisit that decision. Quote, specifically, the controller uh, argues that there are many issues presented in the case that were left unaddressed in the court's earlier opinion in the long-running Leandro case, according to the order signed by Justice Trey Allen. The controller further argues that it would be fundamentally unfair for a court to subject him as staff and the recipient agent staff to criminal and civil liability before the basic elements of procedural due process were met, including notice, an opportunity to respond, counsel, 
and the right to an appeal, including a hearing on the issues. Rosalind has argued that complying with a forced money transfer could place him in legal jeopardy. State law and his oath of office prevent him from taking part in any transfer of taxpayer money with express authorization uh, from the General Assembly. I think this is a typo without express authorization from the General Assembly. And the General Assembly has not given that. Again, this was another uh, blatant case where the North Carolina Supreme Court usurped the General Assembly and said, you know, consider themselves the law of the land, consider themselves legislators, just like they've done in taking over the uh, map drawing duties of the North Carolina State Legislature. Now they're taking over the duties of deciding uh, what what checks get signed and sent and how much. Um, the, the interesting thing is the North Carolina uh, Legislature under Republican control has spent more money on education than has been spent in, in decades prior to when they took over. Um, they, in fact, the North Carolina Republican-led legislature has spent more on, on education, increasing teacher salary, uh, in, increasing school projects, uh, building projects, et cetera, et cetera, uh, than the Democrats ever did. WITN is also reporting Governor Roy Cooper is set to give the state of address, the state of the state address on Raleigh tonight. This is Cooper's fourth, likely his final state of the state address. Um, the counter address will be given by North Carolina Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson. He will give his response following Cooper's state of the state of address. Robinson has not officially announced his intention to run for the uh, governorship. Uh, of North Carolina, but uh, it is highly likely that he will. Uh, Robinson said, it's my honor to represent Republicans in the upcoming response to Governor Cooper's State of the State Address. I look forward to highlighting the great work we've done for the people of North Carolina and the vision we have moving forward. Robinson has also made statements in the past suggesting he might put in a bid to be the next gov. Oh, he's running. <laughs> he, he's running. Uh, speaking of running, the Conservative Political Action Committee, or CPAC, had their big uh, get-together with conservatives over the weekend. Interestingly, it wasn't as attended as much as it has been in the past, basically for two reasons. One, Matt Schlapp, who is the, the guy that started this and sort of runs CPAC, uh, I, I don't know if this is a big deal or not, but he has been accused of um, improper sexual advances. And uh, I, I don't know if that kept people away. But also the Club for Growth, they held a counter event down in Florida the same weekend. Now, Donald Trump was at the CPAC in Washington, outside of Washington, D.C. A number of uh, others did not attend CPAC that are likely running for the presidency. In a straw poll, Donald Trump dominated, but I, I wouldn't read too much into this. I mean, this was, this was obvious for for one thing, the only people that showed up at the at the CPAC now, Nikki Haley was there. Um, 
this uh, other, uh, what was his name? He just announced last week. We talked about this last week. He, he, he showed up to the CPAC event. I'll think of his name in a minute. And uh, a new um, a newcomer to the uh, to the race also showed up. But it, what was interesting was those who were not there, including DeSantis, including Mike Pence, uh, including Tim Scott. Anyway, Donald Trump ends up winning the straw poll, sixty-two percent. Uh, DeSantis came in with about twenty uh, percent. Nikki Haley, I think, came in with less than five percent. The uh, again, the Club for Growth held their event. They did not take a straw poll. Uh, Trump basically ridiculed anybody that didn't show up at CPAC, basically insinuating that they were afraid to show up. Um, interestingly, though, th- this poll is not necessarily a uh, indicator. Uh, Vivek uh, Ra- Rasa- Ramaswamy uh, was the uh, multimillionaire entrepreneur who came out and said he was going to run, or he is running, announced last week. Uh, Ramaswamy is really an interesting character i don't know and now he's got deep deep pockets and he is going to uh get into the race using his own money uh, he only had one percent of the vote but again that's not a big deal uh in, in for for the uh, cpac straw poll uh he he just got in he really has no name recognition most people don't know who he is if you happen to be watching um some of the uh, talking head shows he was on with uh, maria um yesterday sunday morning and uh, th- this guy is very, very conservative. I mean, he is very conservative. He wants to do away with all affirmative action immediately. He wants to do away with the Department of Education, which Donald Trump has all come, also come out and said that. Um, he wants to limit federal workers. He wants to term limit bureaucrats. So not only elected officials would be term limited, but uh, under this guy, bureaucrats would be term limited, which is a great idea. I mean, I'm so sick of these people that call themselves public servants. that go in there, like, like our president, go in there on a $150,000 salary and come out multimillionaires. And listen, $150,000 doesn't go very far when you have to have a home in your home state and you also have to fund a residence in uh, Washington, D.C., um, and I, I, I realize for a lot of people, it sounds like a lot of money. I understand that, but you don't come out of there. If you're just doing your job, you don't come out there uh, as, as a multimillionaire at the end of uh, your, and listen, our founding fathers never intended these guys to be in Washington, DC for 50 straight years. Uh, Michigan businessman, uh, Perry Johnson, uh, was also announced late last week that he was uh, going to be running. Uh, he netted 5% of the vote, which I have to be honest with you, that, that shocked me. I, I'm not even familiar with this guy, Perry Johnson. Um, he edged out uh, South Carolina Governor um, Nikki Haley, also the U.N. ambassador, um, for several years. She got 3%, and uh, Ramaswamy, as I said, got 1% of the vote. Uh, again, though, I wouldn't put too much uh, weight in this as um, in years past. It, it didn't really point to who ended up winning look back to 2016 the cpac straw poll prior to the 2016 race ted cruz earned 40 percent of the support 
Uh, Marco Rubio was a runner-up at 30%. Rand Paul was uh, the favorite candidate the year before with 26%. Uh, Scott Walker the year before with 21%. <laughs> so uh, I, I wouldn't put too much weight on this. Now, like, granted, Donald Trump has got a lot of momentum, but uh, I, I just don't, uh, I, I don't think you can look at this poll and say this is uh, an indicator we're going to go. Uh, former Governor Larry Hogan came out yesterday and said he will not be running for the presidency in 2024 as a Republican, despite his opposition to Donald Trump. In fact, he said the reason why he's not running is because of his opposition to Donald Trump. He said that he feared his candidacy would only boost the former president by further crowding what is expected to be a sizable primary field. Now, he would be a body in there if he announced, but Larry Hogan, I, I, I don't see Larry Hogan even getting 1%, even after he would, if, if he was in there for the whole length of the, uh, of the primary run, I, Larry Hogan is is uh, I look up the word rhino in the dictionary and there's a picture of Larry there. He said I didn't want to have a pile up of a bunch of people fighting right now you have Donald Trump, DeSantis, they're on the top of the field. They're soaking up all the oxygen, getting all the attention. He said this on Face the Nation yesterday. And then a whole lot of the rest of us in single digits and the more of them you have, the less chance you have for somebody rising up, which is true. I mean, that that's an, an acute observation, but uh, Mr. Hogan said he gave the idea of running serious consideration, but ultimately concluded he did not need the job. I think he ultimately concluded that most Republicans did not want him in the job. <laughs> uh, Larry, don't know what Larry's going to do. He'll probably get a gig on CNN or MSNBC. Uh, let's go ahead and take a br uh, break. When we come back, I've got a quote here from uh, Bernie Sanders, which is uh, rather interesting and uh, rather hypocritical by Bernie. But what else is new? Much more to talk about on Monday's edition of News and Views. We'll be right back. Get the information you need here to be informed and stay informed. Put your song in this heart of mine. Put your smile on my face every time. Cause I love a rainy night. Well, I love a rainy Welcome night. back in. It is uh, March the 6th. Taking a quick look at your weather forecast tonight. Clear skies, low around 55. Tuesday, lots of sunshine with a high about 73. Very similar to today. Tomorrow night, it cools down a little bit, a low of 36. And Wednesday, the high is only 56, but lots of sunshine. So it's going to cool down uh, between uh, Wednesday and uh, actually it'll stay cool all the way through the uh, weekend. Uh, don't forget that uh, this Saturday night when you go to bed, you spring forward on your clocks. So uh, next Sunday night, we will have uh, a little extra sunshine before we go to bed which i will like that means uh, as uh, you get home from work you'll have a couple of hours of uh, daylight yet to do some things around the house uh, have you been following at all the uh, story out of atlanta where police now atlanta police have named 23 domestic terrorist suspects in the cop city attack uh, these terrorists are um screaming and hollering that this training center for police officers, which has been uh, dubbed Cop City, 
is uh, something terrible. And so what they're doing is they're going around and attacking police officers and uh, throwing firebombs and Molotov cocktails and setting things on fire. Uh, What's interesting about this, so 23 of them have uh, been targeted and called domestic terrorists, good for the Atlanta police officers. But here's the interesting thing. Only two of the 23 are from the state of Georgia. 14 are from other states. The balance are from all over the world, including France and Canada. So France and Canada, why are you coming to the United States? And uh, I mean, aren't we supposed to be minding our own business? Now, I realize these are one-worlders, and they think they've got a right to uh, tell Americans how to live their life. But, uh, yeah, please, please. Now, here's the problem, though. I mean, will they go before some George Soros prosecutor and uh, be let off? I fear that might be the case. Fox News is reporting Senator and avowed, eh, he's not a socialist, he's a Marxist. He's a commie. Senator and avowed Marxist Bernie Sanders struggled to explain the difference between equity and equality on HBO's Real Time with Bill Maher. This was over the weekend. Maher pressed Sanders, author of the book It's Okay to Be Angry About Capitalism, to give his stance on the debate. Quote, are we confusing equality of opportunity with trying to guarantee equity and outcomes? Maher asked his guest. So, and, and what's interesting about this, if you go and look at the video, Mars asking these questions, and Bernie Sanders looks like he's on his phone or something. I mean, he's not even making eye contact, which, again, uh, Bernie's not too far behind uh, Cousin Eddie, so maybe he was <laughs> in la-la land. So how would you differentiate between equity and equality, he asked Bernie. Here's the give and take. On DEI, are we confusing equality of opportunity with trying to guarantee equity and outcomes? Okay, that's interesting because I think this word equity has come into the language in the last few years, and before that we didn't hear it a lot. And I think a lot of people hear equity and they hear equality, that it's the same word. And it's not the same word in the same concept. So how would you differentiate between equity and equality? Well, equality, we talk about... Uh, I don't know what the answer to that is. <laughs> Come to think of it, you know, uh, equality is equality of opportunity. All right? We live in a society we want all people right. to have whatever color your skin is. Equity, I think, is more guarantee of outcome, is it not? I yeah, think... I think so. I think that's okay. Probably. So, which do you come? Which side do you come down on? Uh, equality. Equality. Uh, yeah. Okay. Right. What a liar. <laughs> Now, 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 I, I take I take part of that back. Because the more you find out about Bernie, is you realize this is his shtick. This Bernie realizes I mean, he might be smarter than the rest of us in that he's a con artist. Listen, if the guy was truly a Marxist and a communist, like he presents himself to be then he wouldn't own several houses. This equity garbage is so absurd. And, and Bill Maher described it pretty accurately. Equality is everybody having an opportunity. Equity is everybody having the same outcome. 
Bernie Sanders is a Marxist. I mean, according to what he embraces, according to what he says, he's a Marxist, he's a communist. If that is true, then he doesn't believe in equality, he believes in equity, that everybody should have the same outcome. But when Bernie is in friendly, I mean, this is friendly territory. Bill Maher is, uh, now he's actually said some common sense things of late. I think even Bill Maher realizes how absurd the woke agenda is. But even when Bernie is in what is relatively friendly, it wasn't hostile territory, it was friendly territory, he can't bring himself to admit that equity is exactly what he's been pushing for the last 65 years. Again, this guy's a Marxist. But Marxist leaders never live out what they propagate. Bernie, at least admit that this ideology is what you have been pushing. Buck Sexton slams Sanders for the clip. Bernie Sanders, he says, is an ignorant moron who doesn't understand the foundational tenets of the belief system he's been pushing for 60 years. Bingo. Political commentator Dave Rubin said the senator's flub should end his career. It shouldn't end because he's a fraud, and anyone half a brain knew it. Uh, it should end because he doesn't know the difference between equity and equality, then fumbles out that he's for equality, despite his entire socialist progressive exercise built on equity. Clay Travis argued that the exchange between the two, he didn't even know what equity, uh, yeah, what equity was, which is perfect. So many of these social media Democrat talking points are just woke BS that even their own politicians aren't familiar with. Uh, and by the way, an, another point as to the fact that Bernie really is a capitalist at heart. He, uh, the book he wrote, what was the name of it? Um, it was something about, uh, it's okay to be angry with about capitalism was a book he wrote. So uh, this is the irony of ironies. He writes the book, it's okay to be angry about capitalism. He sells the book, which he's making money off of. But he also was going around to promote the book, giving a little lecture slash show about the book, which if you wanted to come in and hear Bernie promoting his book, you'd have to cough up $95 to buy a ticket. <laughs> so he's charging $95 to lecture you about how it's okay to be angry about capitalism while he's making money hand over fist. But listen, he's got all those houses to pay off, so you got to give him a break. Austin Scott, a uh, representative from Georgia, says Sanders is the ultimate capitalist. But you get so sick of the hypocrisy of these left-wingers. Oh, what else is going on? Um, by the way, uh, <laughs> have, have you heard about the uh, high, high-end car thief? thiefdom down in Charlotte. Um, several suspects were caught on camera last week at the Adams Auto Group, Independence Boulevard. They break into the showroom two o'clock in the morning. They, they smash the front door, break into the uh, place. They find the key fobs in a desk on the showroom floor. You know, I guess they just started punching the key fobs until they found the ones that were, you know, connected to the cars in the showroom. They then drove off um, cars, four cars worth over $300,000. Uh, 
A 2020 BMW uh, 760i worth 109000 A 2020 BMW 850i worth 79000 A 2020 BMW 840i valued at 68000 And a Maserati worth 55000 And uh, so far, and, and they literally drove the cars through the front door. So there's no telling how much damage they did to the cars. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, they're probably somewhere halfway across the country by this time selling off the the cars or the parts or whatever can't make it up the daily caller is reporting a public university in wisconsin revised its bias reporting system to clarify that it will not punish students for constitutionally protected speech according to a press release uh, released earlier today by the legal nonprofit southeastern legal foundation s LF sent 12 legal demand letters back in October to universities across the country that incorporated policies that allegedly violated student rights speech. According to the website, the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee revised the language on its bias reporting system through which students and faculty can report hate or bias incidents to confirm it will not punish constitutionally protected speech. What these universities have done is they have made themselves the prosecutors and they have basically deputized anybody on campus that if you say something, if you see somebody saying something that you disagree with. Now, listen, if you're, you're, if you're spouting woke ideology, you're safe. Don't worry about it. But if you were a conservative on one of these campuses, Talking about anything from what is biblical marriage, for example. Uh, and you didn't like it. You disagreed with that. They would uh, report you to the administration of that university, and you would somehow be punished. I, I guess ultimately you could be kicked out of the school. Yeah, this is a violation of First Amendment rights to free speech. That of all places, you would think, I mean, listen, isn't that what we've been told by these universities, that we're supposed to be tolerant? Not if you're a conservative, we don't have to tolerate you, is basically what they said. So uh, anyway, this great organization, Southeastern Legal Foundation, has written these letters to these universities and said, if you want to get sued, don't change the policy. Well, this university up in Wisconsin has basically realized, uh, yeah, we, we don't want to get hit in the pocketbook. Listen, this is, this is a good lesson to learn. You hit these people in the pocketbook often enough and long enough, they'll cry uncle. They'll realize we can't get away with this garbage we've been uh, propagating all this time. Good work by the uh, Southeastern Legal Foundation. Uh, similar, um, a Iowa bill introduced Sunday would end higher education institutions, diversity programs, prohibiting colleges from spending money on uh, basically woke ideology. You know, I'd like to think that woke ideology is sort of taking a hit. But here, here's the thing. Never, ever, ever think that uh, they will give up and change their ways. They might back down rethink, re-strategize, and then come back on the attack. Up in Iowa, House, uh, House Bill 616 
would prohibit public higher education institutions governed by the Iowa Board of Regents from funding diversity, equity, and inclusion, DEI. It would bar universities from hiring DEI officers. The bill introduced by the Iowa Committee on Education would require the money that would have been spent on DEI efforts to go towards merit scholarships for lower income and middle income students. The bill also authorizes a student faculty member or alumnus of the public institution of higher education alleging a violation of the bill's provisions to bring a civil action for injunction relief against the public institution of higher education to prohibit the public institution of higher education from continuing such a violation, the legislation said. Universities are not permitted to spend any grant tuition, endowments, gifts on DEI policies, programming, training, activities, and position, the bill stated. Under the legislation, the state's attorney general can oversee the university's efforts to ax diversity efforts and punish the schools if they do so. Listen, this DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. First of all, how can you have diversity and equity? I mean, basically, those two words mean opposite things. Now, d diversity in the sense, I'm not saying diversity is bad. I mean, we can have diversity of, of people all coming to the table for an equal opportunity. But the idea that you're going to have a, a diversity of intelligence and you're going to have equity of outcome, you're going to have diversity of athletic abilities and you're going to have equity and who wins the game? I mean, how popular would that be? I mean, but that's basically what they're propagating here. I, I, I mean, don't confuse this. You, you want to have um, diversity in terms of uh, transgenders and uh, biological males who think they're females. They want to have the diversity of getting on the women's team. Well, will the women's team ever... Will the women ever have a chance to win at that point? You, you can't have diversity and equity. By the way, no surprise here, the Board of Regents opposes the bill. Of course the Board of Regents would oppose the bill. I mean, <laughs> and listen, they'll make some arrogant statement about how these politicians at the state capitol in Iowa, these politicians, they're not the professionals. They don't know what they're talking about. We, the elite educators who live at these ivory tower universities, we should make the decisions. Listen, Board of Regents, professors, state universities, if you would, and, and, and I realize this would be, this would be a, a big U-turn that you'd have to go back decades on because this has been, this has been going on snowballing for, for years and years and years. But if you want these elected officials to stay away from your universities, then get back to real education. Get back to the teaching of true academia. Get back to the training so that people can go out and earn genuine livings instead of focusing on political ideology and political indoctrination. If you, if you get away from political indoctrination and get back to the teaching of true academia, uh, guess what? You don't have to worry about state politicians telling you what to do. I mean, they're, they're, they're trying to get you back on course. They're not trying to get you off course. They're trying to get you back on course. 
you might want to give us some consideration. Hey, we got to take another time out. Stay with us. More news and views coming right up. News and views. He's kind of a diva. He's absolutely fascinating. Ultimate gentleman spy. Irresistible to women, deadly to his enemies, a legend in his own time. You won't believe what he's going to say next on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Here's Tom Lemprecht. Welcome back in. A San Francisco City Council member, actually he's a part of the Reparations Committee, he is now recommending that for reparations, to black San Franciscans, 500 million, 500 million, not for everybody, per person. <laughs> Why not just make it 5 trillion? Make it 500 trillion. A member of the San Francisco Race Reparations Task Force suggested Friday that the city should pay 500 million per black resident, 100 times more than the 5 million figure his committee originally proposed. The 5 million per person is ridiculous. Quite frankly, $100,000 is ridiculous. Uh, but, but this is the absurdity of Marxism. Let's, let's just throw the absurd out there. I mean, let's throw, throw 5 million, 500 million out there. And then, okay, we'll settle for 100000 Oh, gee, that sounds good. And a lot of people say, oh, well, okay. Well, we were looking at $500 million, so 100000 is not bad. As a member of that advisory committee in San Francisco, people keep asking us, why $5 million? Daniel Landry, the policy subcommittee lead for the city's African-American Reparations Advisory Committee, said Friday in a meeting, well, why not $500 million, he said, because you can never repay the damage that has been done to black people in America. San Francisco's Reparations Committee proposed late last year that the city should pay $5 million in reparations to almost every black resident over 18 who can prove residency, and that probably really wouldn't matter. <laughs> Where are they going to get the money is what I want to know. Yeah. Now, here's an interesting twist to that whole story. The self-advowed Marxist feminist and former black power activist in the 1970s appeared as a guest on the PBS series Finding Your Roots a couple of weeks ago. During her interview with Henry Louis Gates Jr. revealed that this individual is a descendant of one of the original passengers on the Mayflower, William Brewster. Um... Take a wild guess at who this individual is. Angela Davis. <laughs> Angela Davis. Davis is in complete astonishment. No, I can't believe this, she says, laughing and throwing her hands up. No, my ancestors did not come here on the Mayflower. Then she laughs again. Your ancestors did come here on the Mayflower. You are a descendant from one of the 101 people who sailed on the Mayflower. According to the show, Finding Your Roots, Davis, Davis's convoluted and complicated family genealogy included being a descendant from William Brewster, a predominant member of the Puritans who signed the Mayflower Compact. During the episode, Davis's father, Frank Davis, was legally the son of Molly Spencer and Edward Davis, but Edward Davis was not his biological father. Spencer and Davis separated before he was born. Instead, Frank Davis was the son of Molly Spencer and another white man named Murphy Jones. Experts were able to map Davis's family line through Jones all the way back to William Brewster. 
an original signer of the Mayflower uh, Compact and uh, leader of the Plymouth Colony. Davis also discovered she was descended from a white Alabama lawyer and state legislator named John Austin Darden. Through Darden, she is the descendant of a man named Stephen Darden. Stephen was a drummer who served in the Revolutionary War. He then moved to Georgia where he owned at least six slaves. Uh, so I bring this up on the heels of this reparation story because um, this is called collective guilt. Will Angela Davis have to cough up some money to pay these reparations? Why not? Why not? I mean, it's in her blood. <laughs> oh, they're going to have a hard time figuring this one out. Hey, we got to take one more time out. Stay with us. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back in. Uh, rounding things off for uh, this Monday, Kelsey Grammer, the guy that played, played uh, Frasier in Cheers and then went off to his own uh, Frasier program. His latest film is called The Jesus Revolution. Grammer will play uh, or plays Chuck Smith, who eventually found a uh, series of uh, very popular churches, the Calvary Chapel churches. Um, he's speaking to USA Today, said, Jesus has made a difference in my life. That's not anything I apologize for. I have found great peace in my faith with Christ. Um, interestingly, uh, as he pays tribute to his faith in this uh, movie, The Jesus Revolution, Grammer um, says that uh, he was inspired by his own Christian faith to play the role. He said his wife saw it with him, and she just dissolved into tears and said, this is the best thing you've ever done. Interestingly, while, as you can imagine, the Jesus Revolution film has not been popular with film critics, what else is new? It has already grossed over $20 million in the United States. Audiences love the film. Go out and see it if you get the chance. Hey, thanks for being with us today. We'll do it again tomorrow, Tuesday at 5 o'clock. We'll see you then. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right.